Let's pray again. Father, as we briefly reflect on your word tonight, grant us a spirit of understanding and wisdom and grace to do, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. A very brief, a very, very brief reflection tonight, not a sermon, a very brief reflection on uh, the nature of what it is we're doing tonight on this Ash Wednesday, because I trust for many of you, Ash Wednesday is something of a foreign thing. Uh, certainly, I didn't grow up with, in it in the evangelical church, and it bears, it bears some unpacking for us tonight. Well, why do we observe Lent? Lent is simply a season of the uh, Christian calendar, and we all observe as Christians the church calendar to one degree or another. Most Christians celebrate Christmas. Most Christians celebrate Easter. These are two, two seasons of the church calendar. Uh, but in the Anglican church, we, we believe that the church calendar is far more important than the civic calendar. We believe that what's most important about ordering our lives and structuring our time, what's most important is thinking about the saving acts of God, which the church calendar helps us to understand and to, to relive. If you think about it, Advent reminds us of the importance of posturing ourselves in terms of thinking about the Lord's coming, both his first coming and his second coming. Christmas focuses our hearts on the wonder of the incarnation, God's saving act in Christ in becoming a human, and in all that means with respect to the affirmation of the creature of God's created world. Pentecost, something a bit more strange for some of us, but Pentecost fixes our hearts to the gift of the Spirit and the need of the divine energy of God in our lives. And Lent keeps us low and it keeps us close to God in preparation to celebrate the Paschal feast, which is Easter. The word Paschal is taken from the Hebrew word Passover. It's the Greek form of the Hebrew. And Easter is the celebration that Jesus is the true Passover lamb, once offered, slain for the forgiveness of our sins. And Lent helps us to fix our minds and our hearts on Easter correctly. Lent grabs us, as it were. Lent turns us to position us to face Easter in the right way, and it forbids us to think about Easter in terms of some kind of triumphant, glorious triumphalism. Lent forbids us to anticipate Easter as the gateway to the life of pure power and pure success. And it teaches us about the Lord of the cross to whom the victory of Easter morning unites us. And as one author put it, Lent points us to the scarred God. Lent points us to the weak and the wretched God, the crucified, dying God amid the alluring gods of our feel-good age. <laughs> and we are ever craving to feel good. We are always craving to feel good, and it's so easy in this life to choose 
to feel good even when it hurts our own souls, even when it hurts those who are around us. The idea of 40 that's attached to Lent pertains not only to the 40 days between Lent and Easter, but more importantly, perhaps, it pertains to our Lord's fasting in the desert for 40 days. And this was the Lord's training in the wilderness where he battled not only Satan, but Jesus battled temptations to affirm and to assert himself, to promote himself, to satisfy his self. And the wilderness fasting of Jesus teaches the way of Jesus. And so it teaches the way of the disciple of Jesus, which is this, to deny the perpetual temptations in this life to affirm ourselves, to assert ourselves, to promote ourselves, to satisfy ourselves in ways that have very little to do at all with the humility of the disciple of Jesus. And so Jesus says to all of us tonight, if anyone would come after me, if anyone will put the name of disciple on his lips, let him, let her deny themselves and let them take up their cross and then, and then they can follow me. You see, Lent focuses us upon this reality of the approaching Easter, of the approaching resurrection feast, that although crucifixion leads to resurrection, the resurrection in turn unites us to the crucified Lord. And it unites us to the crucified life. And the call of Jesus is to deny ourselves. And although we should do this always, it's good and it's right to have a season in the year when we can especially remember this very thing, a season when we can practice saying no to ourselves, our greedy, greedy selves, and to focus on the truth that the eye of man is never satisfied and the old lustful nature needs to be beaten into submission, as the Apostle Paul said. Not to earn favor from God. In fact, Luther says, if you practice Lent so as to earn favor from God, if you fast in order to get merit, you might as well get drunk every day. It would be better for you to do that than to think Lent makes you right with God somehow. No, it doesn't. Not to earn favor from God, not imposed top down by the institution, but as a voluntary discipline of the soul. Just a time to practice saying no to the many desires in our hearts that champ at the bit to be said yes to every day of our lives. A time to practice saying, I can do without. I can do without. There are more important things, after all. So this land I say to you, my brothers and sisters, take 40 days 
to meditate upon this. How ravenously and how greedily yourself longs to be pampered. How real and direct and non-metaphorical your, wor- your Lord's words are to deny yourself daily. And then I invite you this Lent to embrace the crucified life as the only way to resurrection power. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.